This is Anthony from Alabama. That's a Rebuke Radio. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Sakia Donaldson from Fly Girl Cruise. Once you get a skint, check my book out, Fly Grove, available on Amazon. And also check out the newest issue of Street Elements magazine. You can grab it um, from Amazon as well. You are listening to Rebuke Podcast. Hello, everyone. You're now listening to Rebuke Podcast. This was the 59th episode, and we've got a very interesting uh, show for you today. So I hope you uh, stay tuned and uh, share this show with every, all your friends and loved ones. I'd like to continue to thank everyone for supporting my show and showing love by on social media or listening on YouTube or watching it on YouTube. So I ask you to continue doing that and We'll go ahead and get the show started. Now, this show, I've been wanting to do this about a couple of years now. Um, actually, an inmate re- uh, re- uh, reached out to me um, to do this show. I uh, forgot the guy's name, but he reached out to me because he, he just wanted to talk about the conditions and what was going on. This is prior to COVID, uh, but I never got a chance to reach out to him and talk to him. Uh, but I was on online and I saw someone that that on Instagram that show showed that they were an ex uh, felon and I did some research on prison uh, treatment and it was very interesting that the way that Norway the country which is in Europe treat their inmates versus United States treats their inmates it's like human versus animal so I'm, I was intrigued on why Norway treats their inmates this way versus the United States treat their inmates this way. The, I'm talking about the conditions, the living conditions, the interactions, the, 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 the verbal uh, uh, communication. Everything is different. So I wanted to do a show uh, to see that get the inside scoop on this and I had a, a guy he's not my classmate but we went to the same school together and he just got out so I, I reached out to this young man and and uh, and I'm glad that he got joined the show and I saw this beautiful woman online and I reached out to her to get her on the show to get their perspectives on how it's like being in prison and what we can do better improve in the United States so this show is uh it's called I am still human. Uh, better treatment in the U.S. prison system. So I'd like to thank uh, thank everyone for listening. And I'd like to thank Anthony Hall for coming on the show and Sakita, Sakia Donaldson for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you for having me. So, Anthony, I think uh, I don't 
I don't want to get too personal on why you in there or why you what, what puts you in there. But when you was in the, in prison, what was it? What was it like being there? You just got out, so tell us, tell the tell the uh, world what was it like being in prison. Then to you, Miss Donaldson. Then the second question, we'll flip it. Well, you know, actually, uh, this is actually like my third time going to prison. Like I've been to state prison twice, but I just recently got out of federal prison. So I did eight years in federal prison. And uh, I don't know, like, I I don't know, like, nobody wants to go to prison, but you have a different type of, you expect kind of like different things when you go to federal prison. But it was just like, it was really kind of crazy. It was really kind of, I've been places that was real chaotic, you know, like the police kind of handle you messed up. You know, you got some, you got some that's going to treat you with respect, you know what I'm saying? Cause they understand your situation, but you got some that's going to treat you like, like, like you just, you know what I'm saying? And you an inmate, you locked up, like you don't got no, like you don't really deserve no respect. You know what I'm saying? Did you, did you feel like a slave when you was there? Uh, Cause you yeah. know that them, did you? Because the you know that the U.S. prison system was based on the Thirteenth Amendment. Yeah. So, right, 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 right. I read a, I read a book about that um, when I was locked up, um, called American American Prison. Basically, you know what I'm saying. That's really what it what they did when they got rid of slavery. It went from uh, what they used to call it, like they would rent the prisoners out for labor, for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? So they really is, and that's basically what it is, like. Like I said, I was in the federal system, so they had this thing called Unicor, where basically, like, they do contract, they contract, they make stuff for the military, they do this, do that, and you get paid, you know what I'm saying? You get paid pennies. You get paid pennies on a dollar, for real, for real. So it's like, you know, uh, the food, yeah, they gonna feed you, like, what, 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 the leftovers, like, what they don't, what, what they don't want, for real, for real. You see what I'm saying? Um... Then, like I said, I was locked up during the pandemic. So, like, that with the whole COVID thing, like, yeah, it was real bad with the COVID thing, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, really no we, way. We're we going to get into that. I want you to save that story for later on. We're going to get into that one. All right. So, yes. so it's rough. So, basically, there's something you, you don't, you encourage your friends and, and loved ones not to go not embark on. No, of course not. No, definitely. Definitely don't need to go to prison. <laughs> nah. I mean, okay. you know, it's with anything. Like, it's not the place to be. I mean, I, I've had straight days in there, but, you know, I had bad days in there, too, though. But, nah, I definitely don't recommend nobody to go to prison. Miss Donaldson, um, I don't know how long you was in prison. Um, don't. So, but when you was in prison, what was it like being locked down? Um... So again, thank you for having me. So I was sentenced to six months in federal prison, and I served twenty months um, actually in credit. And I was at a camp. So for a lot of people that don't really understand, camp is about as close to freedom as you gonna get without being free. Meaning that it's very lax. Like it's it's a system in a it's a it's 
tiers to the prison systems. You have camps, then you have lows, then you have mediums, you have maxes, you have pen- USPs, which are the penitentiary, you have FCIs, you know, so you have different levels just kind of dependent upon, you know, the type of crime, the type of time that you have, all the um, variables play a part in it. So with me, I, like I said, I went to a camp. So for the most part, um, like I said, I was in West Virginia at Alderson um, Federal Prison Camp. So aesthetically, meaning like the actual property that the prison sit on, sat on, it was really beautiful. Like it was what? very picturesque. Yeah, no, it was very picturesque. Like when I pulled up to the prison to turn myself in, I was in shock about how beautiful it was gotta think we're in west virginia there's mountains everywhere you know so the landscaping is just beautiful it's a massive compound right so um our living quarters were dorm style there were no cells no locked doors no anything you moved around very freely even to the point that when i got to the compound to turn myself in i actually just walked on the compound like there's no gate there's no fence no perimeter that is you know so i don't want to say it's a nice place to be but if you had to serve time i guess that would you know that would be um you know, a nice place to 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 spend it. Okay, cool, cool. That's very interesting. I never heard somebody say prison was or camp or anything to that nature was beautiful. So that's uh, is a first for everything. So uh, <laughs> it's first for everything. All right, Miss Donaldson. Um, very interesting. So next question, Miss Donaldson, is how did the staff make you feel while you was at camp? I just learned that you was in camp. Uh, while you was there and then Anthony you up next um staff wise I mean it was a mixture you know you had people you had staff there that you know dealt you in a humane way you know and then you had staff that just thought you know the worst of you so it was really a, a mixture. I never really had anyone be like super disrespectful or derogatory or anything like that. It was more so like, I don't want to say demeaning, but just kind of like, you know, you're a prisoner. You really have no rights. You know, we, you're here to do what we tell you to do. Don't question me don't you know challenge my authority you know things things of 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 that nature so you know i just always strive to maintain a respectable um interaction with any guard that i came into contact because i just understood the dynamics of where i was and i understood that the system wasn't in place to necessarily protect me so I always had that in my mind when I, I always had that in my mind when I, you know, interacted with with the guards. Gotcha, Anthony. I think you 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 alluded to it earlier, but how how did how did the the, the staff treat you once you was in? 
Uh, kind of like what she said. I, I definitely, I wasn't in no camp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, I, I did all my time in the medium and the USP. So like, that's a different type of time, my boy. <laughs> Listen, man, like, real like that 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 being a USP like that's what really helped me be like you know what, but you. I don't want to come back to prison. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember telling my folks, like, I've been to prison before, but but that's real prison. Like, it's real prison. (laughs) So, like, there, when I was there, the staff, like, I say, like, when I was in the USP, surprisingly, like, the staff, some of them, most of them, they they treat you with a lot of respect. Like, they give you your respect because they know what's going to happen if they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have a target on your back just like we do. Like, you're going to get the same thing we're giving each other here if you get out of line. You know what I'm saying? So they tend to have a more a more caliber of respect like they stay out your, you know what I'm saying? As long as you out their way, they're going to be out your way. Like, I didn't really per se have no really ill treatment. I've run to it's always going to be somebody. It's going to always be some officers that just, they just, that's just what they own. Like, they feel like you inmate and you don't got no rights. But for the most part, like, I was cool because I know how to move. You know what I'm saying? Like, I stay out their way, stay out mine. Like, they see I ain't on nothing. So, you know what I'm saying? Pretty much going to give them their respect. But, yeah, they got something that's going to handle you really kind of bad, though. Okay. Okay. Anthony, this is this is the next question for you. Um, uh, I'll talk about the Norway system. It's called the Halden uh, model. Basically, that their prison is basically a, a a luxury apartment for a college student. They have their own showers. The, the, nobody's in win with them, and everything. And uh, the interaction is totally different. It's, it's, it's very humane, very humane. Uh, the question for you is: Do you think the Norway's prison system will work in the U.S. currently in the U.S.? Why or why not? Yeah, I kind of saw that. Like, I I saw the uh, the whole little setup. Like, yeah, it really does look like a little college dorm room. Like, <laughs> I think. Will it will it work? Will it work with you? Will it work with you and the people that was there? Uh, like some uh, and I say yes and no because it, you sometimes you get too complacent, too comfortable with prison. You see what I'm saying? To where you don't really think about. You, you really not messed up about going out there and, and correcting your behavior for real. You like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? I go sit down enough for, for 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 thirty months. You know what I'm saying? In the dorm room, and it don't really be nothing for real. Like that's that's I think that's really what kind of made me come back to prison for real. Because for for one thing, like I didn't really do that much time. Like the first time I went, well, I did like three the first time, but. It was sweet, you know what I'm saying? I went to work release, had a job, like, it was sweet. So it really wasn't no, you know what I'm saying? I came home like, eh, I might just stay, take a chance, you know what I'm saying, do one more trip. So I don't, I don't know. I think for some people it might be, but for some people it might not be, you know, because just because of how, how cushy it is for real. Mm, that's an interesting take. I was watching the movie that not the movie, the documentary that the prison inmates actually wanted the Norway model. So, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, Ms. Donaldson, do you think the Norway prison system will work in the U.S.? Why or why not? Um, I kind of had the same feeling as him because mm-hmm. even me, when I went to prison and I saw 
because you know you always had this preconceived idea about what prison is and when i went and i saw it i just was like it's cake like <laughs> i'm chilling you know what i mean like that's that's how what you know i'm watching undisputed every morning you know i'm i'm on the email i'm doing video visits you know i'm i'm working out i'm eating i'm I'm super chilling, you know, and so I just feel like it had to be a certain level of consequences for it has to be a deterrent. You know what I mean? Like like the gentleman being at a USP, like that's a whole different type of environment. You know, five minute moves, 23 and one lockdowns like that's prison, you know, and coming from where that's why the recidivism rate is so high because the more that they make it appealing to people the more people like she you know i i might try something it wasn't that bad you know it, it wasn't that you know bad and when i looked at the documentary i thought the same thing like apartments like they not at college you know and it's it's making it to where People don't want to leave because outside of them walls, you got responsibility, you got life, you got kids, you got bills, you got all this stuff outside of them walls. But if you can live in this confined environment and not have to worry about nothing, what are we talking about? Mm. Wow. Wow. Go ahead. I had to say too, like the the one thing that's wrong with the American prison system is you got a lot of people who they in prison, but they really supposed to be like in the, in the mental spot. You see what I'm saying? Because oh. they, they might have messed up. So you just be really giving them, they can't function. Some people just can't function in society. You see what I'm saying? Like they structure. have to have, you're right. Yeah, they they have to have, have structure. structure. So you would really be, they would really be turned into like a hotel if they did that. You see what I'm saying? Just like you said, some people be comfortable and they won't want to go nowhere. You don't got no responsibility because, you know, a lot of times, I meet a lot of dudes that they don't got nothing going out here anyway. Like, you don't got no family. Your family don't fool with you. really don't got no way. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I used to meet dudes that were really hesitant. Like, like they really, I don't think they didn't really want to leave prison for real. Yeah. Mm. So. Man, y'all laying some some deep stuff. Y'all leave, 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 um, leaving with some gems today. Now, now, Anthony, you you allude to this man. So, uh, but I'm gonna see Miss Donaldson. I think I started with you first. But so, I'm gonna Miss Donaldson. The next question, Anthony talked about this. Mental health is a big issue within the black community. The past five to seven years, or maybe ten, we've been talking about mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. Does the U.S. prison system focus on mental health and counseling while you are locked up? Does no. it help? No. I'm a, I'm a fan. You ain't got to finish it. No. <laughs> okay. Because at the end of the day, prison is a business, right? Mm. So there, there, I've actually heard refer to prisoners like as their paycheck because the more recidivism you have, mean people that reoffend. Like you, you get you go to prison, get out, you you get up again, you come back. Nine times out of ten, I don't know how it works in state prison. Nine times out of ten, unless you cre- unless you committed like some egregious, um, the second time you'll go to the same prison that you were at. 
because there was girls at my prison that had been there years before and they got in trouble again and they just send them right back to the same prison. So most of these guards are working at these prisons 30 years. So they've seen these people come back two, three times. So you have to think about it. If prisons are a business and they make money by the amount of beds that they fill, it's not in their best interest as a business to help people be helped. They don't want insane, mentally able people back into the world. They want us broken, dependent, mentally challenged people because those are the people that are going to reoffend and they'll and they'll be back. And that's why they refer to them as a, a paycheck. I, um, the gentleman alluded to being locked up during COVID. I was locked up at the beginning of COVID. I probably was in for about four months, the first four months that COVID started. And you know, we were at a camp. We couldn't, you know, we had to stay in our dorm. We couldn't go out. We couldn't, you know, talk to our as often as we wanted or needed to. So all we had, you know, we would get an hour out of our cubes to go watch TV and things like that. And it's like, you're looking at the news, you're looking at CNN and they're saying 50, 60,000 people are dying and people are killing each other over toilet paper and things like all the narratives that we were being fed in there. And by you not being able to, you know, be in contact with your family, it's kind of like, that's all you really have to go on. And a lot of those girls, you know, they weren't equipped to deal with that you know they're they're on all these types of antidepressants and behavioral drugs and things like that and then it's like they don't have an outlet they don't have the opportunity to go outside and get some fresh air and exercise and do things that provided them with a little comfort all of that was taken away so if you're a person that has a mental that's mentally unstable to begin with that ain't the where you're going to get assistance. It's, it's not in their interest. It's not in their best view. They're there to house you while you serve time, get free labor from you, because that's all they're doing. And then they get money for you. So they went in all the way around the board. So to answer your question, no, they don't want to help. They're not trying to help. They don't care. They don't care. Well, there you have it, folks. I don't, uh, I don't even know why I want to even go to Anthony. Do you, do you want to add nothing to that, or has she done a good job? Yeah, she definitely hit it on the head. Like, damn. <laughs> damn, cut nothing about you. Damn, for real. Like, you about really kind of don't really want to take no medicine in, in, in federal prison because they're going to kind of experiment on you a little bit too. Like, you know, so I've seen that. Like, dudes be on medicine and they change their medications up. It's just like, nah, like they don't really. That pill line is serious. Right, it's serious. That pill line is serious. <laughs> it's serious, for real. It's serious. It's serious, yeah. It's very serious. Like they don't, you know. You can go to you you go psychology, but it's like it's so kind of messed up in there. Like 
it might be a little while before you get up there or you got so many people that's you know at the end of the day you're in prison so you around a whole bunch of dudes who be trying to see women so you got dudes who try to slide over to psychology just so you know what I'm saying they can go to they see move. a female yeah you know what I'm saying so it's a lot of that going on like they don't really they don't really take you serious for real in prison like that they don't you know what I'm saying like they don't speaking of women this is this question is now on the list because this is how I feel. Well, let me just ask you, Anthony. Why do they don't allow y'all to have conjure visits? I don't know. My time would have been a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? It's been cool, but uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I have an idea, but I was just wanting to hear it from your perspective. But, uh, uh, why, Miss Donaldson? Why are you? This is off the club. Why do you think they they're not gonna allow you a man to come in there and visit you, or whatever? You know, because you are Be- human and you have needs. Yeah, I just think they they feel like that's a reward. Like they're not in the business of making your time easy. They not. So you know they don't want you you know going to visitation and coming back happy and they, they don't want that you know they want you they want you in a state of where you always understand that you are in prison nothing is fun nothing is easy nothing is normal nothing is like how it was when you were in the world this is not the free world. I used to say that all the time. Like, you know what? If they put vibrators on a commissary, they'll be rich. Like, they would be rich. You know what I mean? Right, but they happy. don't. It's <laughs> wow. Yes, but they they not they not there. They not there. Your comfort. You are okay. there to suffer. You are there to suffer. Okay, I got it. Okay, I got it. So we don't. Okay, <laughs> this is fun. This is interesting. I, this interview is good. This, this is real good. The whole, setup, man. the whole setup, like even down to the colors of the paint that they use. You see what I'm saying? Like they use the paint. They they paint. They paint the. Uh, they paint the prisons certain type of colors because it stimulates your mind to know what. It's type all of, psych- psychological. Psychological, yeah. To stimulate your and let you know what type of mindset you're supposed to be in. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Man. Man, Anthony, a good number of inmates have died in prison in the past month or so. Why do you think this is happening? How many and how are the inmates treated health wise there? I, 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 I think I showed you the video clip of how the, the, there's a prison in Mississippi, right? Yeah, I was down the street from that. When I was in Mississippi, I was in Yazoo City, a parchment right down the street. And those, yes. I saw that video, that, those conditions was horrible. So, so why do you think there's so many inmates dying, and, and how will you treat how they treat health wise? One, like I said, I was down there, like I was down there in Mississippi. I was in Mississippi for about two years, two and a half years. Like I said right down the street for parking. So, I'm seeing Mississippi news every day. Then a lot of dudes, a majority of the dudes that was there was from Mississippi. So they tell me about like Mississippi State Prison, like. For one thing, like like I said, it, the the mental health, the, the the mental mindset of these folk, you know what I'm saying? I use I use parchment for example, like man, you see how them dudes living, living in up, 
like savages. So when you living like a savage, how you gonna do? You gonna conduct yourself like a savage for real. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of gang banging or whatever. So folks killing about that. And then for real, for real, like I I personally think because you asked me why I cut my dreads, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just really kind of going through it, like on the panel, we was locked down for like a whole year pretty much you know what i'm saying like you might get out for an hour like i said started off with like 30 minutes or however but i ain't trying to get out of the subject but i feel like for one thing like i said the, the health care is, is 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 poor like for real for real like you really pretty much sometimes you got to really just file out you could be in being complaining to these people saying you feel like this you feel like this i think this going on with me but by the time you uh by the time they really take you serious gonna be when they be coming get you off the stretch because you don't fill out you know what i'm saying like i had uh my cellmate where i just left from was a messy and he got cancer so he's been going through the ringer he was having a hard time trying to get these people to treat them you know what i'm saying even though he had he had a, had his medical records this that and his third it was like they didn't want to they really didn't want to do nothing with him for real for real damn so now i feel like like it's 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 some place like they have care levels they have care levels in the feds you know what i'm saying like you might go to a spot that's like care level one but if you got a, a medical issue you really really need to get somewhere where you're supposed to be at like if you got a medical issue and you're not on no medical yard like yeah, it's not gonna go good for you for real. Like you're gonna really have you're gonna have some issues or whatever, you know. Damn. And I, I think basically like yeah, a lot of folks dying because like I said, you got a lot of violence going on because people mental mind states is messed up from this whole COVID situation. And then you know, you just don't really have good healthcare in the and most of the prison system for real. Miss Donaldson, any, anything you want to add? Um. Well, with me, I was there for such a short period of time. So I made sure, like, I went to the dentist. I went to the doctor. I did all these things before I went in because I just was not letting them people touch me on no type of time. So anytime they sent something around like, hey, you want to get a vaccination for measles or whatever they had going on around that? Nope, nope. I'm declining everything. And to piggyback <laughs> off of what the gentleman said, I had, yeah, I'm declining everything. Don't touch me. I don't need my teeth clean. I, I don't want any nothing from y'all. And what was so crazy, and this is just why I'm like, these people are crazy. The doctor, one of the doctors that worked there was like on, like, he had to be on house arrest because he had an ankle monitor on his leg. And he was the Damn. doctor at the prison. Damn. And I'm just like, what part of the game is this? I'm like, what part of the game is this? And it was like my ex Bunky, just like he said, she had cancer. Um, before they, before she even got help, before they would take her out to get outside treatment, like she came back. By the time they discovered, she stage four. And I'm just like, damn, you've been locked up ten years. Like, no, nobody saw this. Nobody. You know, so it's like then they want to be like, oh, we'll we'll release her on immediate release because she has a terminal illness. So y'all done sat up here, let this lady cancer get to stage four, and then y'all gonna send her out to the free world like, oh, okay, you could go home now. We good. We don't even want that on us. Like it's 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 crazy. I had a few bunkies like that. Like one of my bunkies, she had a stroke while she was in there. She done had to get hip replaced. I'm like, damn, like. 
it just is sad. It's sad because it's like, even if you go home, even when you go home, you're going to have so much stuff wrong with you. My uncle, he just came, he did 20 years. While he was in there, he had to get one of his toes amputated. Then as soon as he got home, he had to get one of his legs amputated. Now he done had to get the other leg amputated. It's like, what the hell was y'all doing for 20, for 20 years? You know, so it's, like I said, that place is not, they not trying to help you. Like my boy said, you, you gonna get some when you fall out. You gotta fall out, be damn dead for them to do anything. Like they don't, they don't care. Like that's the message that I want. They don't care about nothing. They just don't want you to die on their compound. That's it. That's uh, damn. That shit's crazy, man. <laughs> that shit's crazy. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true believer. If you do the crime, you do the time. But uh, at the same time, you shouldn't belittle or treat somebody inhumane all because they're in a system. That that's crazy, man. Now. I'm going to stay with you, Miss Donaldson. Is it because we always hear the horror stories about men being in prison? Mm-hmm. How is it? How is prison like for a black woman? Because the numbers for a black woman going to prison it has increased. Was was they trying women try to get your cookies or or? <laughs> And I'm not talking about Oreos and chips. Away. <laughs> they, you know, did you have to act tougher than who you are? For that short period of time, how was it like for a black woman? Um, really, like shockingly, when I went, and you, there's a there's a lot of white women that are locked up in really in federal prison. A lot, a lot. the The numbers is more than black women, at least where I was at, and it's because of opioid whatever they want to call it that's going on now because that's what all of them was locked up for men opioids and all that type of stuff so for me like i was just very adamant about how i wanted to spend my time you know i didn't want to get caught up in the drama you know because it's female so when you got a whole bunch of females it's gonna be petty be catty it's gonna be messy and be you know, I didn't with nobody. Like, I, I could do my own thing. I got my own money. I could do my own bid. I don't need to go in with you. I don't need to share stuff with you. I don't need to barter with you. Like, I'm going to have everything I need. So that kept me out of a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Because, girl, you know, you, you loan a girl something and she don't give it back. Or you give her something and she says she pay you back. Well, she go back to commissary and then she don't pay you and then all so it's all that type of stuff. So just by me being able to have my own things, that eliminated a lot of stuff. Um, uh, like they have the girls there, like girls, and a lot of those girls are just gay for the state. You know what I mean? Like they there, they lonely, they just, you know, just bored, don't really have no plans, don't really have no goals or nothing that they want to accomplish. So they get caught up in that. And I just made it very clear, like, look, I'm not gay. I'm knocking you if you are, but I don't, don't talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you. We could be friends, could be cool. But as soon as you cross that line, like I'm going to straighten you in real time. Like I'm not letting nothing slide, you know, and it wasn't that 
I had to be someone who I wasn't because that's who I am. Like even in the real world, like I don't, I work in a male dominated industry. I work in the entertainment industry. So I work in a male dominated industry where I always had to kind of stand up for myself, you know, just kind of handle business in a very firm, but fair way. So I just took, I mean, that's, that's the way that I know, you know what I mean? So I was very firm in, in my beliefs. I was very firm in my stance. You know, if there were situations where I did find myself where it could turn into conflict, you know, I'm a very resolution based person. So it's like, okay, before we get into some gangster shit, like let's try to handle this like respectable adults. You know what I mean? So I always you know, kept that in the forefront. And at the end of the day, I was on short time. So I'm not in here trying to get no shots. I ain't in here trying to get no days taken away. Like if you watch my interview, I said it, I said it repeatedly. Hey, if you want to be the big dog in prison, knock yourself out. You know what I mean? I'm a big dog in real life. So I don't have to come in here and try to put on and act like I'm something that I'm not. I'm here to do my time, stay out of these people's way and get back home. <laughs> That's what I was on for the whole 20 months. And that's how I conducted myself. And I did it. And did you, you ain't have to uh, turn into Megatron when you was in there. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like she said, like she, uh, she, she definitely know how to do time. Like she summed it up. Like that's how I was. Like people used to tell me like, dude, one thing about you, like you got boundaries. Like and you ain't going to step over and you going to let nobody step over on your side. Like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do my own thing. I don't need no help doing my time. Like you said, I got my own stuff. Like, I really prefer to be, do my own thing, period. So it's like, nah, all I really had to do was what I did all my life, just be me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't like what I got going on, you get over there. You feel what I'm saying? Cause that's where I'd rather you be in anyway. You feel what I'm saying? Anyway, I, I would rather for you to be over there. Over there, yeah. Because like me, like you said, I already know me. I know how I am, period. I know how I'm at the situation, period. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I had, folks gave me 120 months. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, that's a long time. You got to go on and kind of walk it down. Like I had to have a, I had to have a plan. I, I, I had to move. I just had to stick to that. You know what I'm saying? But nah, I didn't really have to. But that's funny. Like you hit on it, how you say that all the time. Like you get people in there who, like they hung up on won't be somebody and know. Like I said, like, I'm somebody in real life. Anyway, I believe everybody is somebody, but I didn't come here to prove no point. I came here because these folks gave me this time, so I got to do this time, and I'm trying to get on home. Like, I am not trying to stick out. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to move through the crash and get on up out of there. Well, I feel you. I feel you. Anthony, what was your biggest fear while you was in prison? Ah, man, losing my folks. Like, you know, my mom and my dad you know, or my kids or something like that. Mm. You know, like I said I wasn't really. I'm so good. Like I. So you wasn't really. You didn't fear what? What? You didn't fear anything while you was in prison. You were fearing stuff. Stuff that was outside of prison. That's what you say. Right. Right. Because like me, I ain't. I ain't gonna get myself into nothing. Like I said, I was in UFP, man. I seen dudes getting stabbed left and right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they used to be like, "Oh, bro, you." But you ain't got your knife, but you got a knife. I need a knife for like I ain't, I'm not about to get myself in nothing, but it's a different type of situation though, because it's not 
it's not you. It's just other people that you got to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like your home is your car. You know what I'm saying? Your car get into a situation, then you in a situation for real. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like how it's set up for real. Like I'm from Alabama, so I'm on Alabama time. So if somebody from D.C. get into it with, with one of my homeboys from Alabama, and they want to, you know what I'm saying, they they want to strike it up. It doesn't matter who it is. They're going to hit one of us as long as you're from Alabama. So it's kind of yeah. like... But you got to stay Right, right, right. Like, you got to stay focused. But nah, I wasn't... Like I said, a lot of my concerns was on the outside. Like, I wasn't really, you know, worried about nothing in there for real because I, I know how to move. I stay out of trouble. So, yeah, it was more like on the outside for me. Miss Donaldson. What was your biggest fear while you was in prison for that short period of time? The same. Losing, losing people on the outside. You know what I mean? Like that was, I wasn't worried about the inside. You know, it was more so like things happening. You know, I'm getting old. I mean, my parents are getting older. I mean, my grandparents are getting older, you know, and it was just like, damn, where did something happen to somebody super close to me? And not only can you not be there to pay your respects, but now you got to mourn in an environment that's not conducive to empathy. You know what I mean? You can't just go in a corner and cry or you know, whatever. It, it's, it's, not, it's not set up that way. You know? So that was my biggest thing. Like, let me just get out of here with everybody I started with. If I can leave out of this place and have everybody in my life that I love still around when I get out, it'll be I I top that up as a success. So that was my only my only concern. Now you talk about that, and uh, you brought up something because I have a I had a family member, a cousin that did I think he did twenty years. I'm not going to say what he did, but he did he did a long time in Georgia, and my aunt died. And they said they had to pull, they had to move hell and hell and hell and heaven to get them to the to the funeral. And I haven't seen my cousin in years. I hadn't seen him when I was too, like a little kid. And to see him in chains and in those clothes just to pay respects for his mother, I was like, man, this is awful. Um, uh, and I, w- I wouldn't want wish that on nobody. The one, the one they love ones is gone. They gotta, they gotta go to the long, you know, go all the way to the president just for them to just say goodbye to their loved ones. Uh, I, so that that was that was an eye opening experience. Uh, I think that happened around two thousand and eight, be exact. So the I, I bring that up because you brought up something about death and and not missing that missing out and stuff. Um. I, I, I'm I'm really shocked that y'all not not hit to the Walden uh, philosophy of the Norway prisons because I think I think a lot of inmates uh, uh, will like that in the United States. But to to, to end this 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 interview, um, because uh, y'all already touched on on COVID and stuff. No 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 no. I, I'm I got this is off the script. I saw the food. The food is horrible in prison. Food is horrible. So only time in this, the, I saw in the interview, the guy got bananas from the commissary. So the only time you get good food is when you go to the commissary. Can, can you ex, can you explain that to me, Anthony, about the commissary? That's the only time you get good food because this is mm. what it looked like. Mm, yeah, like 
Yeah, pretty much. You get to come there, or you buy uh, buy some plates from the uh, from the OM. That's the officer child. Like you got folks who working up, and you get on the contract with them and get them to bring you some plates. You know what I'm saying? Or for real, you know, like we I ain't gonna lie, like we used to. You know, you got to be a very intuitive in prison, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we used to fry, we, we frying burritos in the trash can, all type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we used to make it happen. And they had microwaves. They had microwaves at first. Like, I didn't really realize what all you could really cook in a microwave. So, I mean, yeah, like, for real, for real, like, I ain't go to the child house for real. It was like chicken day. Uh, yeah, they cook like a chicken patty on Tuesday. Like, yeah, like, nah, the food's kind of bad, man. I can't really say, I might have been, I, I, I might have been one place where they fed you kind of straight, you know what I'm saying? Then, of course, you know, holidays, they're going to give you, I guess they feel like, you know, give them some fried chicken or something. Fried chicken, you know, you get a steak, you might get a steak for New Year's or something like that, but yeah. Yeah, y'all, I pretty much you eat out my box for real, for real, I ain't going to even lie what was the first thing? Like, you, what was the first thing you ate when you got out? What did I eat? What did some fried chicken? I believe some chicken wings. <laughs> 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 I want some lemon pepper wings, man. I ain't gonna lie, but hey, mm-hmm. the first couple weeks, oh man, I would eat stuff. Ain't that I could think of? I just had it. I would eat oxtails. <laughs> crab legs. You know, we order this stuff on the weekend at the halfway house. Like, yeah, we get, I ain't gonna lie, we get it in, man. So, I still get it in right now. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, Sakia, uh, what about you, man? Uh, uh, that was the food good, or you had to go to the commissary to get your food? Like, I, I, I ain't gonna front. Our food was on a scale of one to ten. We was at about an eight. You know, what? like, listen, like, <laughs> I was at a camp. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> Super Bowl. You know, they giving us chicken wings. They giving us, like, mozzarella sticks and pizza. You know, we had our chicken day on holidays, like, Fourth of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day. We getting steak. We getting grilled hot dogs, baked potatoes, you know, ice cream, and then, you know, and then the stuff that we could cook in the microwave, and listen, I'm talking about full course meals, and then, like, with me, <laughs> I was I was trying to eat, you know, halfway healthy is to the best of my ability, so I spent a lot of money buying people steal stuff out the kitchen, that work in the kitchen, or they might work in the guards, um, criteria and you know they getting stuff like I might pay $20 for a head of cabbage or you know $10 for a thing of broccoli or they might bring chicken breast or something you know whatever I could try to get my hands on but like him for the most part I didn't go down to CDR you know we had commissary you know we had somebody on the on the um, in the dorm that cooked really well like people don't believe it but like I had bills when I was in prison because I had everybody that did something for me like I had the person that cooked I had the person to do my hair I had the person to do my eyebrows I had the person that give me massages the person to give me pedicures I had like different people like if they not making no money or if they don't have a family 
you helping them and support them, they got to figure out a way to hustle, you know? And that's how they got their commissary. It's like every week I have four dollars worth of bills on my locker. And I'm like, damn, this shit getting expensive. Like, I'm spending money like I'm in the free world. But I had to do what I had to do to get as comfortable as possible. And I just was the lucky, I was one of the lucky ones that had, like, a lot of family support. I'm not even going to say I had family support financially because I don't really recall family sending me no money. They really and they really couldn't understand why I didn't need money. I don't know any of my friends sending me money. They'll be like, you need money? I'm like, nah, I'm good. Because I already set my up. Like, okay, I'm probably going to... They told me she was spending commissary every week, every month. So I'm like, okay, I'm probably spending about five, $600 in here a month. So I just multiplied $600 times 20, and I just set that amount of money to the side. So I to call people and ask and put pressure on people and, you know... I go through that. And I was and that's the thing that I did because it was like if everybody that I know fall off the face of the earth, I still want to be able to do my bees calmly and smoothly as as possible. You know, I even had a book budget put to the side. Cause I I wasn't reading the same type of books that those chicks was reading. They was reading hood books. Like I don't want to read Snatched Up by a Thug Volume One through Six. I don't want to <laughs> read that. You know what I'm saying? I was reading Frank Cardone books and Donald Trump book. You know what I mean? So when I wanted to read a new, I just called my home and ordered this book off Amazon, sent it to me. And then you know they got a list for the book. I don't want to wait for 23 other things to read a book. Like I want my stuff. So I made provisions for myself. You know, for the to the best ability that you know I was able to, to do my time pretty pretty chill mm. interesting um, I know y'all busy so I'm going to end it like this do you think US needs prison reform and if so what does it look like uh, Anthony what does prison reform look like to you most definitely stop sending people to prison for every single little petty thing because everything's not necessarily that you need to go to prison man you see what I'm saying like because because you have you have some people that legitimately have issues. They have substance abuse issues. You see what I'm saying? So you need to be trying to treat them with that. You got people who have mental issues. You know what I'm saying? They need to go to the the mental place. Now you got some people that yeah, some people crimes do fit them being in prison. You see what I'm saying? Like, but it, it, it's just yeah, they need to really take a look at, at, at what they're doing, man. At the end of the day, because it's like. It's not working. You know what I'm saying? It's not working. The mm. system is definitely broken. Miss Donaldson, you last but not least, do, do you think the U.S. need prison reform, and what does it look yeah. like to, for you? Um, I'm I most definitely think they do. I think that first and foremost, before you even get to prison reform, they need to take some of these laws off the books. Like I think conspiracy worse law that on books because I mean they don't even gotta do no work you know what I mean to to get you on conspiracy everybody be found guilty of conspiracy in one way or another 
You know what I mean? And it's so easy for them to pin that on you and they don't have to prove nothing. You know what I mean? And I just think it's a start because if you look at every federal case, Marcus, I want you to, to do this. Tell me the percentage of, of inmates that have a conspiracy charge in conjunction with another charge. They That was my charge, conspiracy. They charged me with one count of conspiracy and one telephone one phone count because I made a phone call between two two dudes and it's like y'all don't put an F on my name you know what I'm saying I'm a convicted felon I had to sit down for two years because at the end of the day it's like y'all want me to do y'all you know so and and like Anthony said it's not working it's not working because you don't see a decrease in it's like people ain't even scared to go to jail they like, man, shit, that's a vacation for them. And don't let them turn it into Norway and have a whole um have a whole dormitory situation up here. Man, niggas gonna jail left and right. So it's not not working. If the if you don't see a decrease in the number, you don't see a decrease in the recidivism rate, if you don't see a decrease in crimes being committed, then obviously it's it's not working. You know, and if you look at countries and the way that they prison and the way that they, you know, do things, I, I can't speak for, I know he, uh, Anthony meant at his prison, they had Unicorn. My prison, they ain't have nothing. They had like crochet and drawing and like they're doing absolutely nothing to help these women get back out into society, integrate back into society and help them get their life on track. A man could go to prison, come back out with CDL, come out with skills in welding, come out with skills in landscaping and, th- and go start a business. And now they running a six, seven figure business. Like what type of business am I going to open? And I've been sitting in prison for three and all I know how to do is crochet. Like that's a mess. It's a mess. It's, it's a mess. And I just said, lucky for me, I had a plan. I had a support system and I had a real life outside of prison. So all I was there to do was time. I'm only here because these people told me I got to be here. You know, and they let me out. I'm going back to my real life. As you know, people always say like, dang, Sakia, how is it so easy for you to just hop back out and, you know, do all this stuff and you know, I'm like, cause that's what I was doing before. That's who I am. This is just a speed bump. You know what I mean? Like, it was a little break. It just really gave me the opportunity to set up the second half of my life. That's what I look at it as. Because, like I said in in my view, there's no other time as an adult you're going to have an extended period of time where 100% of the focus can be on you. Where you don't have to worry about paying bills, taking care of kids, going to work. You don't have to worry about that. If you could just spend 100% of your time, effort, and resources into making your a person, then use that time for that. And and like I told Esther in, in the interview, if because I went to prison when I was 39, turned 40 while I was there, and I got out, I was 40. So if I live to be 85 years old and I look back on the totality of my life, if I was able to set my life up from the time I was 40 to AI, 
because I had to sit 20 months, I'm going to take that trade every day. I'm going to take that every day because what I'm doing now, the opportunities that are presenting themselves to me is because I took the time to really sit down and put a plan together. And now I'm just executing. All right. I'd like to thank Anthony and Sakia for coming on the show. Before I um, end the show, I'd like to give my my last point on it. Um, I believe that the U.S. prison system is broken. I believe, that, like Sakia and Anthony, it's a money, it's a business. The more Negroes and more Hispanics and more uh, minorities they can put in there, the better. It's a system where white people don't have to go to college to make money. I could be a correctional officer and, and, and treat black people or other people, other people the wrong way and, and get a check for it. It's a win-win situation. But a lot of people are in there for, for petty stuff and they don't need to be in there. But we need to develop a re- rehabilitation system to help people once they get out to be, become better citizens in society. I, I believe that uh, uh, selling weed or whatever or something to that nature does not deserve no big no big time bid. Or you can teach that person how to be a, you know be an IT person. Uh, like I, but like I said earlier, I, I truly believe that you do the crime, you do the time. But some of these things that we're being put in prison um, uh, are petty. And I also believe in a part of reform is that if you've been wrongly accused and put in prison for 30 years, I believe you should get 30 year, 30 million dollars tax free. How many African-American men and women are have been let out of prison that would not that, that were wrongly convicted based on conspiracy? They just wanted a body to fill that sale so they can make money. So. This being said, the system is broke. Uh, the way they hire police officers broke, and and all the way to only way we, we have to to change this, we got to come together and, and, and make demands, uh, and, and make ensure that the people that are in there are still tr- being treated as human beings and not animals. This is Marcus with rebuke. Uh, I'd like to thank Sakia and Anthony for coming on the show. Uh, and before I leave, you already or you already know my saying. There's knowledge is power, economic freedom is salvation, but you put the two together, we can build a great nation. Marcus, we'll rebuke and talk to you soon. Peace.